This is The Bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. Have you heard the man, Patrick Osborne, and the incomparable Brandon Elkins? Hey! On the maiden voyage of The Bullpen, you got us here for the next hour. How you doing, Brandon? Dude, I'm doing good. You ready for this crazy journey that we're about to embark on? You know what I already appreciate appreciate about you the most? What's that? And I will I'll, I'll, I'll precipice, precipice by saying this first. I love Ed and I love Beto. Yeah. But the first thing that they always say about me right away during the show is what I'm wearing. What's your your Yerba Mate clean can shirt? Well, look, you already ruined it, but I was just saying <laughs> that. They they always Sorry. have to describe what I'm wearing right away, and you didn't do that, so we're already off to a good start. I only did it with uh, a little bit of coaxing. <laughs> Look, I'm just I'm, I know our, our guy Todd from South Austin is listening, so I got to represent clean for him. Fantastic. Well, uh, so as as uh, we just mentioned, this is the maiden voyage. Of the bullpen here the bullpen. with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. And we got a lot to get to today. For a Monday, we got a whole lot of stuff going on. And, uh, of course, we'd be remiss if I didn't first bring up the uh, the unfortunate news out of the NBA over yes. the past day or so. The passing yeah. of the great Bill Russell. Mercer Island native Bill Is he? Russell. Oh, yeah. He was, yes. So, uh, kind of a local boy as far as you're concerned. Well, for all the people who came over here from Sports Talk, they know I have to represent Seattle very well, and I always do, and I always get pushed into doing it. So, of course, I'm just going to bring that up. Even though Mercer Island is the worst, he was the best part of it. <laughs> well, and you know, and we'll get a little Mariners talk here in a little while, too. Possible, oh, a little possible retaliation against uh, Jose Altuve over the weekend. All I heard, if we had a cry sound, I would drop that so fast right now. Wham, wham, wham. Wham. Oh, are you just still hung up on the trash can thing or what? No, 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 no. Look, they cheated. They got caught. That they, they, did. didn't, they didn't get punished for it. They hardly got punished for it. We can move on from that. Fair They're enough. a good team, damn it. And I will admit that because I have to. I'm just, look, I heard, I overheard, and we have audio of it. We can play it later of the Astros broadcast saying that the Mariners now have some sort of reputation that they're just going to beam you every time? Well, I, I mean, allegedly, they've yeah, beamed the Astros more than anybody else nah, has. Listen, I, mean, I have that, receipts. I have receipts that says otherwise. Shall we dive into that in a little bit? We can dive into that a little bit. First off, uh, let's get into this, uh, this unfortunate passing of, uh, of Bill Russell. 11-time NBA champion, dead at the age of 88. Yeah. Talk about an unbelievable career this guy had. I mean, when you look at, at the scope... Of, of American sports, nor, uh, sports in North America, because you also got to throw in the, the Canadians up there in the NHL. Of course. Uh, it, he's, he's tied for the most titles of all time across all sports. And then 11. Henri Richard in the NHL also has 11. John Bellevue, 10 in the NHL. Yogi Berra, 10 in baseball. Damn. Sam Jones, 10 in the NBA. Nobody did it better than it's Bill so Russell. weird putting, I mean, Yogi Berra was such a great player, but, I mean, he was a catcher. And it's one of the greatest positions on the exactly. And I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not taking away anything from his legacy. But it's just funny when you get to describe legacies and 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 long term championships and Yogi Berra is in there. It's it, it seems random, but it's not because of obviously how good of a player he was. But I don't know. Just throwing that out. Uh, one of the. I mean, uh, I just want to make. I want to make the Yankees fans mad now because we're about to play them. 
And we're going to make the Yankee fans mad here in a little bit. That I can guarantee. But more on Bill Russell here. Uh, it's it just it, it's one of the it's one of the biggest losses we've seen in a while. Uh, you know, in sports, awarded the Medal of Freedom by uh, President Barack Obama in 2011, nation's highest civilian honor in 2017. He was awarded by the NBA with its Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, Joe Biden, in a statement, is praising Russell for his lifelong work in civil rights as well as in sports, calling him a towering champion for freedom, equality, and justice. And in fact. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar today, I saw a tweet, came out and said, that man was my hero. Yeah. I mean, that, that is unbelievable praise. When you got like. first ballot Hall of Famers saying that he was their favorite player, you know you did something right. You've done something right, <laughs> indeed. Uh, a little bit more here. Uh, Bill Russell here uh, talking about his, his time joining the Celtics years ago. I had never seen the Celtics play when I got here. And uh, I played against Heinsohn in college. But I'd, I'd met Red on a couple of occasions. And... Uh, we had an, an immediate affinity. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, it, I mean, he, he obviously loved. He loved playing. He loved the game. He loved the Celtics. I love the Celtics. So, eh. you know, there is that. I got uh, family in Boston. That's about as far as I'll go. And, uh, you know, we just brought up Wilt Chamberlain, of course, uh, and Wilt just called him uh, his hero today. Here's what uh, Bill Russell had to say about Wilt. As we got older, the more we liked each other because we knew, basically, we were joined at the hips. We were both important to each other. Because we both knew what we were doing, and we think that the only person that understood what we were doing was the other guy. And I knew how good he was, and he knew that I knew how good he was. What a loss, man. Yeah. What, a, what a guy. Yeah, and, and of course, fantastic coach. Yeah, yeah, he, he really was. Look, he, I go back to Mercer Island because that's where he laid his roots after he coached for the Sonics from 1973 to 1977. Look, he, he he was just starting out as a coach for that team. Uh, he did bring them to their first uh, playoff run, the Sonics, in 1975, losing to the Suns, unfortunately, in the semis. Uh, 341 to 290 record is still pretty good, regardless. That's a great record. Yeah, that's a great record. Absolutely, it's great. And, man, I'm sorry, yeah, and, and he had a 162 and 166 record with the with the Sonics, which, look, that is okay. That's That's pretty average, but... And he was just he was just starting as a coach at that point, so not taking away anything. He did, like I said, he did give us our first playoff run. So, second worst part him. about this story is the fact that there's no more Seattle SuperSonics. Okay, we can we can. Look, I'm not trying to bring up bad memories or anything. Like do that. That. I'm just saying, man. How 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 long? That, well, nine minutes into the show. Yeah, we got a while. Nine minutes into the show, we're talking about Masonics. Well, listen, I mean, you Mariners, they're being in the Astros. I mean, I, you know, what, what am I supposed to do here? What am I supposed to do here? <laughs> so sorry. Also in the news today, Strategy. probably the biggest story of today is a ruling on Deshaun Watson. And a lot yep. of people, a lot of people are not too happy with this ruling right now. Mm, I think they're justified. Well, I mean, essentially, what you've gotten here is, uh, I mean, twenty. But what is it? Twenty-four. Different lawsuits he's facing right now for sexual misconduct and things like that. Yep. Six-game suspension. Yep. That's all. That's Six all he got. games. And, and keep in mind, you know, uh, there, there are, um, like, take a guy like Calvin Ridley, right, in the NBA. He bet one-year ban from the NBA 15, for betting on for 1500 bucks. NFL. And he didn't even bet on his own team. No, no. It was a parlay for some random, it was just a little $1,500 parlay. Right. In fact, Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins got a six-game suspension for PEDs, right? But here's here's Deshaun Watson, six-game suspension. Uh, he settled 23 of the 24 lawsuits here in Texas that accuse him of sexual assault. 
The NFL hasn't made a decision on whether it's going to appeal this ruling. Uh, from what I understand, the NFL Players Association says it won't be appealing this ruling. Uh, really? And is they, asking the NFL not to appeal. They're either. not going to appeal. No, that says they're not going to appeal. They have the ability to add on more games because they were expecting it to be eight to a year. Right. But eight weeks to seven, so base what seventeen weeks? Yeah. And, and that, oh, come on. Who's also going to lose like three hundred and fifteen grand? Oh, that boo right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's like 25 cents to him. It's several years of work for guys like that. Right? So, uh, and, and then, of course, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people bringing up comparisons. Well, you know, bringing up the name Pete Rose, invoking Pete Rose today because of his lifetime ban for betting a little bit more significant than what yeah. Calvin Ridley did. He however, had however, betting and sexual assault, as far as I'm concerned, two vastly yeah. different things. It's night and day. Now, I understand the rule. I understand how passionate people are for guys like Rose not being able to come back. I understand I'm one of the guys that's on the other side of the fence. I would love to see the greatest hitter of all time. Oh, yeah. Finally in the Hall of Fame. No, I'm right there with you. Absolutely. But, but, you know, when you look at stuff like that, betting on baseball and betting on the uh, the NFL, uh, and then then you look at Deshaun Watson... (laughs) There's I, I, no comparison. Yeah, and, there and, really isn't. And you've got and you've got a lot of people out there too who are who are really trying to justify and saying this okay. And uh, here's Stephen A. Smith on ESPN's first take on this six game suspension. I'm very very surprised that it was six games because we recognize the fact that the National Football League uh, their desire was to hand down an indefinite suspension. We knew that. Uh, people were speculating for a long time that it would be at least a year. The National Football League did nothing to deny the fact that their intent hovered around somewhere along those lines um, because there were 24 to 25 different civil cases against Deshaun Watson for sexual misconduct. But I want to make sure that I say this to everybody, particularly with the pivot crew there, because this has been my good position from day one. I have always hated the fact that the NFL has even been involved to this degree. To me, they have been trying to do the job of law enforcement. If you have, if you are the league and you are the shield, the simple fact that Deshaun Watson found himself in this situation, if you're the National Football League, okay, you've impugned the shield because you've brought this unwanted attention to our brand. And as a result, that is the reason we want to hand down whatever suspension it is that we want to hand down. The NFL has gone through extraordinary lengths to try to do what law enforcement is supposed to do. That's my problem with all of this. Where this smoke, this fire, there is no way in hell that Deshaun Watson can claim complete innocence, but to be fair to him, he has adamantly expressed the fact that he has been innocent of this. I'm hearing there are people in this camp that ain't even happy with the six games because, again, he believes he is innocent. Those women, most of whom, 23 to 24 now, have settled. Obviously, they feel differently. We just don't know. What we do know is what the NFL has decided to do. And I think they've made a huge mistake by trying to resemble law enforcement and it's going to come back to haunt them in a very big way. Of course, Stephen A. Smith never short for words, ever. He loves to chat. Oh. He said he said about thirty seconds worth of words there in two minutes. A lot of word salad. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's still right. 
He's I, still 100% correct. No, he's not, he's not wrong at all. Now, here's Ryan Clark uh, from the getup of why it was actually only six games. When you listen to, to what she said, you know, and me and you, we talk, we talk in every break about how difficult this is. She mentioned Calvin Ridley. It's proof that Calvin Ridley did something wrong. She mentioned DeAndre Hopkins. There is proof that DeAndre Hopkins was in the wrong and violated the policy. No matter how much we hate it, we don't have proof that Deshaun Watson is guilty of what he's being accused of, right? Everybody's going to draw from context clues and we're going to read the tea leaves and we're going to look into it and make our decisions as humans and then as people from the outside looking in with our perceptions. But there is no proof. And that's what she's dealing with. Sue L. Robinson is dealing with evidence. She's trying to deal with truth. And she says, okay, I know he did. I know he did break the conduct policy, but to what end? But how much? And so if you are on Deshaun Watson's side and you believe that 100% he is fully innocent, your thought would be nothing should happen. And if you're on the other side of someone who believes because of all the things I've read, because of everything I've heard that he did it, he did do it, you think that he should get more. Bottom line is, this is what was dealt, this is what was said, and we're going to get six games. I thought it would be more good, mm-hmm. just from a perception standpoint. Yes. But when I have no problem with six games, I have no problem with a fair process, and now we have to move on to Deshaun Watson has to continue to rebuild the perception of who he is as a man. So, according to the judge, the, the conclusion here, it says the NFL may be a forward-facing organization, not necessarily a forward-looking one. Just as the NFL responded to violent conduct after public outcry, so it seems the NFL is responding to yet another public outcry against Mr. Watson's conduct. Uh, at least in former situation, the policy was changed and applied proactively. I hear the NFL is attempting to impose a more dramatic shift in its culture without the benefit of fair notice to and consistency of consequence for those in the NFL subject to the policy. She thinks that this is a uh, you know a legit punishment here, uh, suspended for six six regular season games without pay. Uh, this is the most significant punishment ever imposed on any NFL player for allegations of nonviolent sexual conduct. Six games is the most? That's what they say. Unbelievable. I know. I, I mean, all the allegations we've heard over the years, that's the most? That tells you a lot that, right there. That, that tells you everything you need to know everything. about the NFL. The NFL has, has some problems, apparently. Uh, it's, the, the conclusion goes on to say Mr. Watson's pattern of conduct is more egregious than any before reviewed by the NFL. I just I find that hard to believe. I mean, yeah, I get it. You twenty five sexual assault allegations. I get it. That's egregious. Yeah, but they're just allegations until they're proven. I I I, I have I have a hard time buying that statement. I just do. I also have a hard time accepting only six games for something yeah. like this. Three hundred and fifteen k. That's a good start, but that's really just what he's. I mean, and what makes this even worse is the Browns were ready for this. Yeah, they they had a cl- the, his first year. He's only going to make a, a a million, which obviously to us is holy crap. But they were they were ready to not have to pay him that much in the first year because they knew he was going to potentially be suspended for the full year. Right. 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 Well. And I know, I know. Look, I, we can't say too much against Sue L. Robinson here, the judge, because she was going off five allegations, and she actually had to dismiss one. Right. So she was only going off of four accusations against Deshaun Watson. But it, it's it's so like the NFL to come out immediately, immediately, and say they're not going to, they're not going to adjust this. They're just going to let it be. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess to, in in some respects, I'm surprised by it, but. You know, kind of in that context. In a little I'm bit, not. yeah, in, yeah. In, in 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 one way, you're surprised. In a totally rational, normal way, you're shocked that 
the NFL is once again taking the stance of predators. Sure. I mean, certainly one could make that argument. And this conclusion goes on to say, recognizing that the only discipline mentioned is fine for suspension, I nevertheless believe it appropriate for Mr. Watson to limit his massage therapy to (laughs) club-directed sessions, club-approved massage therapist for the duration of his career. And so impose this mandate as a condition of his reinstatement. She literally called it egregious behavior that he had 60-plus appointments on, at the ready to go before all this blew up in his face. That's a man that knows what he likes. Oh, I mean, you know, God. credit where credit's due. He's also to have no adverse involvement with law enforcement and commit no additional violations of the policy. We'll see how much of that will hold up. It, I mean, look, he'll be back. He will be back. <laughs> There's no doubt about six yep. games after six games later, indeed. Six games ain't nothing. No, it's certainly not. Uh, 315K. Ain't nothing. No, for a guy for him. that magnitude. I'd certainly a lot for me tomorrow, though. man. You and me you both. Won't, you friend. won't see me again. You and me both. <laughs> Lots more coming up. We've uh, we're going to dive into uh, some MLB power rankings. Of course, the uh, trade deadline tomorrow, and uh, talk about uh, some possible trades we may see, uh, and uh, some news uh, rolling in about the Brewers. A little bit of news about Shohei Otani. Only the best closer in the National League. on the move, and you could argue one of the best hitters, but we won't say where. Well. We'll tease that yeah. if they don't already know. Uh, more of that to come here on the uh, Bullpen. Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. This is the Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. And you heard the man. This is the Bullpen. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins in here on uh, ESPN 102.7. That's Our right. Our phone number, 512-834-1027. You want to give us a call? You we'll try cool? to take your call. You know what? Yeah, we'll, we'll try. We'll do we, our best. We can't guarantee we're going to take your call, but we're going to try. You know what's really cool? What's that? I look. I started at ESPN as an intern back in 2008. It all comes full circle. Well, it's so crazy. Is I've been listening to it well before that, and I've been listening to it well beyond that. That voiceover guy is a very yeah. distinctive voiceover guy yeah. who's been with ESPN for years, yeah. and he just said our names. Yeah, I know. How Actually, cool is that? Earlier this morning, because I hadn't heard the imaging for, for our show oh, until, until this morning. Credit to Matthew Popham for that. He killed it. Thank you, Matt. Uh, and so today was actually the first time early this morning... For those of you who know, I work for another radio station as well. Oh, yeah. We didn't really and, introduce and the building ourselves and, who uh, we are. Uh, yeah, well. We'll get there. Yeah, we got there. Yeah, we're, Some we're, of us know who we yeah, are. Yeah, and uh, so I got here uh, about 3.30 this morning, and I started early. listening to this imaging, and I had the exact same thought. It was almost like goosebumps. Yeah. It's like, this is a, I love listening to this dude. We've heard this guy for years. Yeah. And I'm sorry to fawn to everyone who doesn't care, but. That's okay. Humble Sometimes brag moment, necessary. I guess. Sometimes it's necessary. <laughs> So we got the trade deadline, MLB trade deadline yes, coming up tomorrow go. is a big deal. And it's so nice to be able to talk about baseball. Yeah. Well, that's kind of our Never get to talk right? about baseball with the other guys. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I mean, I figure that. Not that I'm complaining. That's one of our strong suits. Yeah, I know, right? man. We've always teased that, too, that one day. We, we're going to talk baseball with each other one way or another. That day has arrived. And look at that. So uh, one of the big questions I have about the trade deadline, well, actually I had up until very recently, Juan Soto. And yeah. actually, I'm still wondering about Juan Soto. I guess He's I said still that. I'm still wondering. The, the Padres, There's I've, I've heard a lot of Padre talk. Mm-hmm. They've been really interested yeah. in Juan Soto. You think he's going to end up there? Probably not now. Now? The uh, apparent haul that they just gave up for tease alert, Josh Hader mm. from the Milwaukee Brewers, who they just traded for like 20 minutes before we came on air. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they gave up 
quite a haul. They only gave up three players, but according to Passon and others, it was a lot. So seems like when you make a big splash like that, unless you're trying to give up your whole farm system, which I wouldn't. Um, I know Juan Soto's a good player. He's a great. He's an elite player, but Absolutely. he's also kind of struggling this year with his average, which is can be sketchy when you're when you're asking for one, two, ten, probably fifteen yeah. of your top prospects. Yeah. So, but he's also, I mean, one of the he's twenty three years he's old, twenty three, and he's one of the elite talents in in the league, right? But now. he also turned down a four hundred million dollar contract, and that is also the big elephant of the room. Is if you're going to trade for this guy, you 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 should want an extension, which you know Scott Boris is his man, who already said, heck no, we ain't doing that. We're going to free agency in three years, yeah. so you get three years at least. Which for some teams who are set and ready, they should take that. Yeah, but. Padres just gave up a lot. I don't know a whole lot about their farm system, but if they got if they got the talent, they should do it. I think I think the Padres, when the Padres are good, the MLB is a better product for it. Adds a little more parity. You know, this team has tried to be good for so long. They have the players, and they just got the best closer in the game, in, in the, at least the National League. And that's, so. and that's big news that broke today. Yeah. Josh Hader coming coming over from the Brewers, and and I guess that leaves the Brewers with what. Nobody but an injured Christian Yelich, pretty much. Yeah, I was going to say they did have Daniel Vogelbach, but now he's met. So right, right. I don't even know who's on that team anymore. No, I mean, they, they, they really went from a, a contender just not very long ago to they're not yeah, I gotta going see where anywhere. I've got to see what their record is now. So that's a big trade. A surprise. I was, I was shocked. I, uh, I, I would be uh, – another name I think I'd be very surprised – in fact, actually, we can confirm today that uh, L.A. Angels star Shohei Otani not going to be going anywhere. Okay, real quick, Milwaukee Brewer is fifty-seven and forty-five in first place in the Central, and they just traded away their best closer. Yeah, that's that's not going to end well for them. What are they doing? I think that's a, a very. I don't know. I mean, obviously, we're not we're not in there making these trades. So, wow, it's easy that's, to look. I, I, it's easy I, to look I, from the outside in and go, "Well, that's a ridiculous move." I just figured maybe they were wedged between the the Reds and the Cubs. But damn, they're first place. That's surprising. Well, good for them. Yeah, I good mean, for the I Brew guess crew. They, they obviously have a plan. So, but still, well, I mean, and imagine if they had a healthy Christian Yelich. Maybe they did. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's been down for a bit, but the fact that they're still in first place and we don't even know a single name besides Yelich, pretty past good hater at this point. Pretty good sign. I'd say they're. I guess they're on the right track. L.A. Angels deciding not to trade away star pitcher Shohei Otani ahead of tomorrow's deadline. This, according to the uh, New York Post, John Heyman. Uh, it looks like, uh, I mean, the, the Yankees, the Padres, the White Sox, they all made inquiries about him. Of course. And who wouldn't want him? He's 9-6 and six with a, a 2.81 ERA over 17 games, 99.1 innings, 145 strikeouts, with a whip of 1.02. Yeah, he's, he's like, a Who wouldn't want this guy? He's a monster. And he's got a bat to boot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, uh, I was trying to think, like, I, I mean, uh, the combo pitching hitting. Uh, you know, for, we may never see it. Was, Actually, we may see it more eventually down the well, road. I was, but. See, I was wondering if that might be like if this guy may be like the start of something new. I hope. But so. But of course, you know, I mean, prior to him, when you ask somebody prior to Shohei Otani coming to the league, name me somebody who used to hit and could 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 hit bombs and strike guys out. Almost everybody's going to say, "Well, Babe Ruth." Yeah. Right. And who else? But, do you, I mean. Think about what the league was like back then. Yeah, it was a very different time. Very different time. Very different time. Not taking anything away from Babe Ruth, obviously. Shohei Otani, obviously, in rarefied air, yeah. though. I mean, he, he's doing things that most guys just 
or not. And he's relatively healthy. I mean, he's staying relatively healthy. He's Hard on a rough to. team, though. I mean, you know, they're not, they're not, he's obviously feeling pretty loyal to a team that is mm. not so, mm. well. Yeah, I mean, he has to. Oh, well, that's he has I'm... to say that. I mean, he's he's come out on record not really saying that he wants to be traded or not. He's just saying, I'm with the Angels. This is my team. I'm happy. This is my team. I'm with the Angels, which is pretty, I mean, read between the lines. It's pretty easy to see. He'd love to get the hell out of there, and I don't blame him. Who wouldn't want to get out of LA? But look, honestly, you reap what you sow, Shohei, because he got to choose where he wanted to go. He actually did tell Mariners GM at one point, Jerry DePoto, that he would sign with the Mariners, and then three days later, he signed with the Angels. So I don't know what happened behind the scenes there. Clearly, there was, you know, hush, hush, quiet, quiet, come to our team. We're clearly and better, which tides have turned. Yeah, because they're not. They have two of the best players in baseball, and what they're twelve games under five hundred now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were ten games over five hundred mm-hmm. at one point. <laughs> I, I I hate to laugh because I'm a Mariners fan, and it's fun seeing the Angels not do well. But I also know how they feel because at one point my team had Ken Griffey Jr., Edgar Martinez. Alex Rodriguez, Jay Buhner, Tino Martinez, Randy yeah. Johnson. It was a stacked outfit. And they ago. never made it past the the ALCS. So, ouch. Yeah. You're talking about, uh, yeah. I mean, let's not forget that year that they set, set the wins record. Yeah, 2001. Bowed out but that first, was also with a team round. of, you could you could argue, quote, that there was a team of nobodies, but they all turned in, obviously all turned into really good players. They had Ichiro back then, right? They had Ichiro, yeah. Ichiro, Mike Cameron. Brett Boone. I remember Mike Cameron one day. We had Lou Pinella. That was our saving grace. Lou, Pinella, Lou Pinella is one of my favorite yeah. managers of all time. Lou Pinella, Tommy Lasorda. He's so genuine. Yeah. He's exactly who you think he is. Yeah. Either either with his attitude or being the nicest human in the world. Yeah. He actually does a lot of retirement commercials for uh, this retirement center in Seattle. Every time I go home, I always see it. It's so nice. <laughs> I miss Lou. He was great. He was so... He was such a character and helped kind of just kind of shape how baseball was at that point. That's how baseball was at that point. You don't see managers coming in too often kicking dirt, throwing the base the base around, taking the hat off, throwing it at him like you can't even get within me to this mic like two inches without getting thrown out of the game anymore. Right. So Well, some of the you know those old-time managers, I mean, look at a guy ramble. like look, I'm rambling on. Look at a guy like Jim Leland. He used to suck on lung darts in the dugout <laughs> yeah. all game long, you know, just smoking away. Yeah. No big deal. I don't, which I, I see why it's not allowed, but the fact that they still are allowed chew in dugouts, it's kind of hypocritical that they're not allowed to smoke cigarettes. Like, go in the dug, go in the clubhouse if you want. Or maybe there's a designated didn't smoking they, didn't area. Didn't they, uh, years ago, didn't they pass some rule to, to banning the use of tobacco? They might field? have. I, I hope they did, I, I but it doesn't seem well, no, like on the field like it. They're really worrying about that rule too much. So, we, so talking about the trade deadline, yeah, we got off track. It's there. a stressful time <laughs> for for teams all over the place. Adding to the compound, compounding the stress for for teams this year. Yeah, vaccination, COVID vaccination status of players. It's now. This is something I never thought I'd say. Some guy, whether or not he chose to get a shot or not, this is going to impact. The trade deadline in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, thirty general managers evaluating talent, juggling financial implications, trying to figure out ways to make their teams better. And here we are. The wheeling and dealing calculus now includes COVID vaccination status. Uh, according to Pirates GM uh, Ben Charrington, it's certainly one of the things that's uh, new and you didn't have to think about years ago. 
But he says, I think every team obviously wants to feel the full complement of their rosters available to play. But we're in a new world where there are personal choices. Personal choices matter. Uh, right. Includes MLB's COVID-19 rules. Sure. I, how do you feel about this? <sighs> I mean... That's a because you know that's a loaded question. Well, I understand. I, I understand people's opinions on yes. COVID very wildly, vaccines yeah. very wildly, but we're talking about a sport that's played outdoors. Yep. The vast majority, and of course, you know, you'll have guys in the clubhouse, and maybe they'll be close together. But I mean, for the most part, have we not moved past this yet? Two years, more than two years into this thing. Well, we have moved past it. Canada has not moved. That past and that it. is a big problem. That yeah. that's a big, the biggest. I think the biggest concern. They maybe, maybe not being the rational one have really. You know, taken at least in the in the sports area, have really taken that seriously, and it just it's kind of funny because you you look at Kansas City Royals. Remember, they had forty percent of their roster on the COVID IL when they went to Toronto, which you know you could argue who cares? Because yeah, they they're lost not like going ten anywhere. players ahead of that trip. But you also look at Andrew Benatendi, who was just traded to the Yankees, and oh, guess what? He's going to get the vaccine now because he's on the Yankees. And if he wants to play in the playoffs, which potentially could be in Canada, which I hope it's not, um, now there's no problem. When when he was with the Royals, he didn't have the shot. He didn't right. take the shot. He didn't go to Canada to play the Blue Jays because, like I said, he didn't have the shot. But now that he's on the Yankees, oh, look at this. Now he's going to get the vaccine and everything's okay again. I just, I don't, what are we doing here? I, well, I mean, I, I, I can understand to some degree. Why Toronto cares just about makes him this? Look bad though, because well, I mean, he just he knew that his team was wasn't going to go anywhere. Which obviously you can see with the record, but come it looks on. it looks really good for Toronto if you got a bunch of these unvaccinated players who stay that way. That's yeah. that's some of the best news Toronto could get all year. Yeah, they're telling you stay stay put, don't get the vaccine. We don't care. Thirty four and twenty one at home, twenty three and twenty four on the road this season. Uh, home field advantage yeah, for, for, for Toronto. Um, they're on track to make the postseason, obviously. So theoretically, you know, the, ro- the the road to the series could go through Canada. Yeah. And so I guess, and obviously Canada is still very, very focused on, on their... You guys uh, can't see, but I'm cringing hard at you saying all that. Why? Because I just can't stand the Blue Jays. Look, I'll tell you, one of my favorite <laughs> home runs of all time, though, came by Joe like Carter. Okay. Joe Carter, game six of the series. Yeah. When go crazy, folks. Go crazy. Yeah, you'll never hit a bigger homer in your life. Yeah. <laughs> so to, that's that's one of the only good things I'll ever. Well, the only okay, solid memories I'm ever going to have about the Blue Jays. I am. I, otherwise, I don't really care. I am of the of fan of MLB that I do like certain players on certain teams, and that's all fine and dandy. But it may this may be this may sound petty, but I'm going to bring back my Seattle roots again. Whenever the Blue Jays go play the Mariners. The Blue Jays fans flock down to Seattle. Sure. And they are the most condescending, nice people, nicest people I've ever met in my life. And it just makes me so mad because bring that Canadian <laughs> something good will them. happen with the Blue Jays and they'll always turn around and be like, eh? Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Sorry, eh? Sorry about that. Sorry, eh? I guess well, you'll, maybe you'll get them next inning. Literally, they would do that almost. And they just, they'd give you a smile and thumbs up after every time. Like, hey, we're just trying to be, now we're trying to have fun here. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that, I, I'm not, nothing against the fans either. Like I said, they're I very bet you nice they don't people, do that when they're in Boston or New York. No. You kidding me? There's absolutely no way. You go over to Seattle and. I know we're Come nice down to Houston. People. We're just passive aggressive. Arlington, you know, different stories around here. But yeah, <laughs> you, you, know, you don't want to mess with Red Sox, Yankees fans. They'll whatever. They'll throw a Blue Jay fan right out the East Coast bias. 
Well, <laughs> I am a Red Sox. I know. Homer. I know. So speaking of the Mariners. Uh, they placed rookie outfielder Julio Rodriguez on the aisle on, uh, yesterday, wrist injury. And there are a lot of people who think that this was retaliation for Jose Altuve getting beamed when he was at bat earlier in the game against the Astros. George and, Kirby is a rookie. He's trying to establish himself. He throws the ball very, very First pitch very of the hard. game. First pitch of the game. He's try- he always throws inside. Though they don't know, and what, most, what the Astros fans don't know, because they don't watch every single start like most of us other fans do, he he throws it inside most of the time. He's nervous. This is his first start against the Astros. It slipped. It happens. It, yeah, it shouldn't be. It sucks that it hit him in the head. Obviously, no one should ever get hit in the head. Absolutely not. It's not like I, I I just I just knowing my team, I just did not feel like that was retaliation. Like that was any sort of because nothing happened throughout the entire three games before that. Right. Well, and it took. I mean, this so. Altuve gets beaten in the first. Yes. And Rodriguez doesn't get hit till the eighth. Well, I think Guriel did get some little chin music there that made the, the fans unhappy. Maybe and then so. that's and then that's what prompted the Astros broadcast crew to apparently claim that we have some sort of reputation. Well, and yeah, and, and let's let's talk about that. What what is this supposed reputation that the Mariners have? Because they got it. Going after the Astros. They just don't like the Astros because of the trash can thing? I, allegedly, I don't know this, but it does kind of seem like it from the certain camera angles that we catch sometimes. Our team likes my team likes to talk, yeah, and I love that. I love it. I, they they will talk like it's like yeah. And when we got in a fight with the Angels a couple months like a month ago, it's kind of blown up from there. So yeah, I I, uh, I, I don't know. You know I. I it's unfortunate. I mean, I, I, I'm all for throwing at a guy in retaliation. I, honest to God, uh, I got no problem with that. But it's unfortunate when a guy gets hurt like that. You know, you know, being a guy yeah. in, the, in the fleshy part of the thigh or in the back or something like that. Retaliation or not, it hit him in the hand. He swung. It was kind of half and half there. But I didn't see it. As, I, did, I, really, I didn't. I didn't see Astros it as retaliation. Fan. I just saw it as part of the game. Man, these guys get hit all the time. Yeah. Our guy, my guy, Ty France, first baseman, gets is in the top three every year of getting hit. I mean, he leans over the plate pretty good, but... Yeah. yeah. Now, speaking of Astros Mariners, a couple days before that, Justin Verlander took mm. the mound. Yes, he did. Uh, and he took his 14th win along with him. Yes, he did. I mean, routing the Mariners. I'm 11-1 so happy Friday night. <laughs> and I, he went seven and two-thirds Friday night, five hits, five strikeouts, out-dueling Robbie Ray, who won Cy, the AL Cy Young last year. I... Really like Justin Verlander for Cy Young this year. I agree. I completely agree. Seeing him every time we play the friggin' Astros at this point, he's he's back to his old form with Detroit. Well, what's incredible about him too is you you bring up Detroit. There are guys in the league right now who were children. Yeah. When when Verlander was throwing for for the I was fresh out of high Detroit. school. When he were went, you? Yeah. Well, what it was two thousand eight when they won the World Series, right? Uh, yes. So he's he. I mean, he was pitching before that. I graduated in two thousand four. There's a pretty good gap in between there, but but I remember. I mean, even before that, oh six, oh seven. Uh, you know, I think when they were five is when he first when, started. When they were in the thick of the 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 playoffs, it was one of those years. Ordonez hit a great walk off uh, that year, but I, I mean, he was just a kid, and he was just throwing darts. And and he's he arguably better now than he was back then. What is he? Thirty eight. Yeah, he was throwing ninety nine in the eighth inning of that start that you're talking about. The dude is on fire. I don't know what he took. I don't know what he's doing in his personal life, but keep doing it because uh, he's crushing. Uh, who's this one? Is it Kate Upton? 
that was paid up then. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's what he's doing right. Right, that's, I mean, yeah. That, that, I mean, that, that'll that'll send him out. It definitely way. helps. It definitely helps. And uh, he's. I lost my train of thought here. My apologies for that. Uh, oh, uh, so so you like him for Cy Young? Yes, I absolutely. I can't even I can't even picture anyone else who deserves it in the AL at this point. First ballot Hall of Famer. Absolutely. So who's he going? Uh, is he going as a Tiger? Is he going as an Astro? You think? Uh, how long has he been with it? Well, because uh, well, it doesn't matter. Tenure doesn't matter. I think they. It's, I think it matters to the to the player. Well, to the player, but I think a lot of times they look at that and go, All right, "Well, which team did you make the biggest impact?" I mean, because look at look at Nolan Ryan, right? I feel he's like been, he spent a huge amount of his time in California and in Houston before yeah. he went to Arlington to play for the Rangers, yeah. and he went into the Hall as a Ranger. When, and and most of, like for me growing up, he was an Astro. Sure. And for guys, you know, a little bit older than me, he he was an Angel for most of his career, yeah, as far yeah, as they're concerned. That's true. Uh, a couple of a couple of Mets fans think he probably should have gone as that, but I I completely disagree. We don't need to worry about we Mets don't. fans. But I honestly, I it, at at this point, I would assume that he would go in as a Detroit Tiger because they're the team that drafted him. They're the team that basically molded him into the person, the pitcher he is now. Right. And he won. He helped them win a championship, which they haven't even sniffed that in the last fifteen years. Right. I mean, they've come close maybe a couple times, but ever since they lost Prince Fielder and all those heavy heavy hitters like Magli Ordonez, remember all those names? Oh, I do. They're all long gone. And look, they got some upcoming. They got some up and comers, and they're not the worst team in baseball. But I would. I would just you know, I don't. I wouldn't hate being an outside. Fan of him, I wouldn't hate where where he goes and who he goes with in with as a, in, in the Hall of Fame Astros or the Tigers because he's made such a massive impact. On well, guys like teams. you and me, I don't think would care. No, I have a feeling that Tigers fans are going to take issue yeah. if he goes in as an Astro. But I also feel like Astros fans also have a you know they have they have skin in the game here because well, sure. he helped them win a championship too. Correct? And sure. He's been completely dominant ever since he's joined the game. He's been hurt a little bit, well, but the best in the league ever he's since. The, and this year he's. He arguably will win the Cy Young. And so. arguably one of the best trades that the Astros have made this century. I would say so. I don't, I don't even remember who who they traded him for, but they got him at the last second in, in they 17. They the Tigers. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they did. <laughs> and uh, and we've got more to come coming up here. We've got to take a quick break, but uh, got more to come up on the uh, possibility of a championship for the Texas Longhorns this year. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about maybe. that. Hook horns. Uh, more into that. Uh, Rick Flair. Final battle for the uh, final match for the, the great Ric Flair. Woo! And Sylvester Stallone, not too happy about a possible Rocky Universe sequel. I saw that yesterday. Yeah. That, that intrigued me. Yeah. So we'll get into all that and more coming up after the break. It is uh, 143 here on the uh, bullpen. Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins here on uh, ESPN 102.7. The bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. You heard the man, Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins here in the bullpen, 1027 yes. ESPN on this Monday, or after, I almost said Monday morning. I'm a morning guy. I honestly, for half the day, thought it was Tuesday, so you're doing a lot better than me. Yeah? I wish it was Look, Tuesday. my girlfriend's been gone since Wednesday, so, so my days have been, no, are you kidding me? I've been you're lonely, bored as hell. You're a lonely man. <laughs> no, actually, I've been enjoying my peace and quiet hanging get out more, get, get married and you'll appreciate your, your peace and quiet. Yeah, my wife can attest to that we're as well. We're seven months into this, so we're no, good Don't get married, then. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Even I if you're hope, seven years listening, into it. man. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's a good call. <laughs> hey, look, I knew you when you were single. I remember, all, I remember those did. days. Hey, so uh, this is Austin, Texas, in case you didn't know. We're a uh, Texas ESPN Longhorns Austin, town. baby. We are a Texas Longhorns town. And, of course, 
We, uh, the, uh, you know what, you know what, you know what begins this this month? Uh, I would say Longhorn college football. football. Oh baby. baby, college football, and of course, wouldn't be. I can't a, believe we're already here. I know, isn't it crazy how fast time goes? And the older I'm getting, the faster this whole thing. Which is funny because time has felt so slow because it's been so damn hot, and I've been stuck inside for most of the time because. My my pasty northwest skin still can't handle this heat. Well, I, I grew up here. I grew up. I grew up on Lake Travis. I mean, I've been in, in Central Texas pretty much my entire life, and I this heat sucks. I'm still not. I've never gotten used to it. And I would argue. I mean, I know that the that the that the numbers show that the last month was the hottest we had on record ever. I feel like I've felt hotter temps in my years here in Austin. I remember when I first moved here in 2017, and y'all went like. Nine, like 60 days in a row of 100 degree weather mm-hmm. or more. And that didn't feel as bad as this feels. I know. <laughs> I, and and I, I mean, seriously, the worst, the worst day for heat I ever had in this city was 22 years ago. It was the summer of 2000. I was yeah. home for college. And I think we got up to 116 that summer. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it was the kind, been, of, the kind of heat where you walk outside and your, your, your it nose hits you in the face. Your nose burns. Yeah. You know? And like, I, had, I hit that in Arizona once out in the, we went out to the desert because my buddy was a motocross racer. And apparently that's the best place to motocross is in the desert in front of rattlesnakes and 120-degree weather. But, yeah, it got up to 117 that day. And even even being in the shade, it was just it was a nightmare. Was it? Yeah, oh, God. At least you didn't have the humidity over there, though. It's, it's dry, though. It's a dry heat. You, you can barely breathe. Yeah, I'll take 115 in Arizona, Whew. 105 here. It was pretty nice, actually. <laughs> so, uh, Longhorns. Back to the Longhorns here. Boasting, they, they boast an abundance of weapons on offense. Running back B. John Robinson, Heisman hopeful. Uh, ex- receivers Xavier Worthy. If Isaiah he stays Nair. healthy, he will win the Heisman. I think so, too. I think he's a, he's a I mean, certainly my, in my book is one of the favorites. Uh, and you've got Xavier Worthy, Isaiah Nair. They look to be that lethal one-two punch out wide. Um, but you've got all that good stuff on offense. Still a lot of questions, though. Uh, Bill Connolly of ESPN.com believes that the Longhorns have five ifs in order for uh, them to be considered as true contenders. So, according to uh, Bill Connolly of ESPN, these five things have to happen, and the Longhorns may find themselves with a national title. Uh, if experience fixes miserable run defense, Texas was 89th in rushing success rate allowed. Most of last year's front seven returns, and nose tackle uh, Keandre Coburn is good, but uh, this unit needs drastic improvement. Uh, also, if new blood fixes a miserable pass defense, Secondary was passed of 124th in completion. They had a lot of injuries year. Though, last year, yeah, too, which yeah. really hurt them. Pass rush, pass rush defense, though, didn't exist. 117th in sack rate. Yeah. Five of nine DBs with 100-plus snaps are gone. So the secondary is going to have some new players, for better or worse. Either way, uh, you know, it will, will, I mean, only time's going to tell here. Uh, if Gary Patterson and... Pete Kwiatow, uh I'm sorry. I was, let me let me let me get that for you. Kwiatkowski. Thank you. I was butchered Kwiatkowski. that. If they work well together, <laughs> like we are right now, uh, he's a former Husky. That's the only reason why I know you. that. All right. <laughs> Steve Scarcissian uh, brought in the legendary former TCU. What I say? Sarkeesian. Oh, I know it's a, look. I'm not trying to be I rude here. In I'm, look, I'm, I'm here to help you. That's all. Here's the problem, though, is I knew that. That's okay. I knew that. You're reading fast. It's, it's been a, a way too you're, long. You're good at it. That's my, I'm going to blame it on that. Uh, he brought in the legendary <laughs> former TCU head coach as a special assistant. Um, and uh, says he thinks it might become defensive coordinator if, give me the name again. The Pete Kwiatkowski. Kwiatkowski, the Love current that DC. Name. Struggles Love against that guy. Uh, none of this feels conducive to an awesome working relationship, though. Also, <laughs> if Quinn, Quinn Edwards or, or uh, Hudson Card is ready. Uh, that is the biggest question, and that is the biggest question. I know, I know Jason and CJ talked about this a lot last, last hour, but 
I just I don't see any way that that Quinn Ewers doesn't get the starting gig. I mean, yeah, I don't either. I mean, the I, amount of money that it costs just to get him here, and no, no, nothing against Hudson Card. He's been here longer. He knows the offense better. It just doesn't seem like if they want to go where they want to go. And I could be wrong. I, I look, and I don't. I'm talking about this way out in left field where I don't know a whole bunch like the, the big time Longhorn fans. And once we get phones working, we can they can call and yell at me about that. But, right. but I, I just, I just. And again, nothing against Hudson Card. It just seems like this is Quinn Ewers' show. They've they've they worked so hard to get him here twice that you would almost and and, and I I bet Hudson Card plays a lot, but Quinn Ewers has to be that guy. It has to be that guy to also get the attention of the national media because of just his name alone has brought so much of it. Yeah. yeah. So I. Well, the final if on this list here, if pass blocking improves. Despite facing a few blitzes, the Horns ranked 90th in sack rate allowed last year. Uh, Ouch. Casey Thompson, QB, who's now at Nebraska, held onto the ball too long sometimes, but the pass protection simply wasn't good enough. Sounds like Russell Wilson. If the Longhorns can hit all five of those benchmarks there. I think they can. Look, culture is is a powerful thing, and that is what they have been preaching for as 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 long as Sark has been with that program, and that can really elevate talent because of comfortability. They're comfortable with their team. They're comfortable with their players. They know where they need to be, and they'll get it done. And you don't have to be the best player in the world to to be able to you know get your job done on the field. They got the right coaching staff in place. They're recruiting the hell out of their that team. It would be surprising if they didn't at least have a, a decent record this year. I, yeah. mean, I know they were what five and seven last year. I know. I know. Jason got in trouble by Ed for this. I'm pretty sure they were five and seven last year. I'm going to assume they were five and seven last year. Uh, <laughs> I would bet. I would. I would think flipping that or at least eight wins, eight and three. I think that's. I. I would. For a team. For a team with so much unknown. That is a really good record. Yeah. So. Yeah, not bad at all. That's my two cents. Let me ask you a question. Does this uh, this sound here, does this sound ring a bell to you? Oh, oh looks like we're not playing here. Woo? I was going to woo it. Woo? I was going to woo it, but apparently we've uh, we've been stifled by technology here. Oh, boy. Uh, Ric Flair, the legendary Ric Flair, had his last 75 years old, this guy is. And he crawled out Damn. of the, He crawled out victorious last night. Of the wrestling ring. Yeah, that was uh, well before my time, but if you don't know that, woo, then uh, that, that's about all. He I entered know. to his iconic entrance theme in a white robe with blue trim and that big old gold belt around his waist. And uh, Flair, uh, he, had his, uh, he had his final match against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Bloody. He was bloodied up. Yeah, he was. At the end of that it. was some picture. But uh, to see a guy <laughs> of his age. I, I mean, man, he, I watched some of those highlights. He was... He was walking around there like he should be holding on to a little little cane or Did a little you? walker because he was little baby steps over to the corner, do a couple slaps to the, the chest. Slaps. That, and then he's running his mouth <laughs> like classic, like only Rick I know Flair it's could do. all for show. It was all played up. They had that all planned out, but that didn't. I. <sighs> I, okay. I know he got bloody afterwards, but that was tough to watch. I'm not a. I've, I've never. I didn't really grow up a wrestling guy. I didn't either. I, I, but uh, I, I just. He's one of those names, like yeah. as with any sport. Uh, he's legendary. He's he's just a legend. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So uh, respect to the great Ric Flair. Oh yeah, Ric Flair. Uh, we uh, we'll, we'll miss you in the world of uh, 
of wrestling. One last thing, uh, we're, we're coming up against the clock here. I, I ran across this, this hilarious, well, I don't know if it's as funny to everybody else it is to me, but um, Jaguars, they've, they've uh, cut their rookie kicker. He, uh, he's undrafted free agent kicker, Andrew Mavis. Not really what you'd call a great start to his NFL career. Four days into his first training camp, he was cut by Jacksonville. He missed three of his field goals during the team's Thursday warm-ups. That's not good. One of those field goals missed its mark so badly, it nailed former Dallas Cowboys coach Dave Campo in the shoulder. Oh, what up, Dave? Two of the others weren't even close to the goalpost. (laughs) But after after Campo gets tagged... He gets cut. I just, I think. <laughs> I look. So they, being, you know, it's like, right, NFL well. is a cutthroat league. We know that already, you know, just for other situations. But yeah, if you're going to hit a coach and not even make a goal in practice when you have no one against you, you are literally by yourself on a, on the far end of the field just kicking. And when they watch you and you miss, yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna last long. Yeah, I mean we're not we're not talking about a couple of just a couple of inches here. We're yeah, talking he was about- good in college. He was forty for sixty one field goals, twenty for twenty three. And that was just last year. I got to chalk. I, I, I think he was probably just nervous. That's what I chalked it up to. When I read this, I thought, ah, this poor kid. You know, he probably yeah, just, the nerves got that. the best of him, you know. You just get like, like us, As man. With you know, you just got to just do it. Right. As <laughs> with anything else, you got to just do it. You just got to do it. But uh, I just thought that that was funny to me. Uh, that, uh, he, man, poor guy. He nails Campo, and then he's out of And it's job. not like he was in a, I mean, he played for the Iowa Cyclones. Like, he was, he was in a, that's a tough schedule every year for that team. And he did pretty dang good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, well, hopefully he'll catch on somewhere else. And you know what? Act a little more confident. Yeah. Hey, uh, and then we, just uh, as we're uh, come to the close here, you, you a Rocky fan by any chance? Would that be the Colorado Rockies? No, that would be Rocky Balboa. Oh. The greatest boxer of all time. You know, I'll be honest with you, man. I've seen like one movie. Stallone's not happy. <laughs> uh, he says, Erwin Winkler and family sucking Rocky dry, uh, as apparently there's a new Rocky spinoff in the works called Drago. Looking at, uh, I, I actually haven't even read up on it, which is surprising, but uh, I, w- I would have to imagine it includes uh, Ivan and his uh, young son, Victor. Yes, that is true. However, uh, they, uh, Drago himself came out and said that that is not true. There is, there are, there is no confirmation of anything, and he actually thought that Sylvester Stallone was going to be part of the uh, production crew. So that he, he came back real quick and debunked all that. So I think we're good, but... Anytime you get sliced alone, calling you out on social media, it's a fun time. I, he's, he accuses Erwin Winkler of uh, picking the bones clean of, the, of another wonderful character that, quote, I created without even telling you. He's not answers. wrong. Now, Look, all the, a lot of these spinoffs, they don't get permission of the guys who created them. So, look, and between the NFL and you know the movie industry, guys, the same damn thing. It's cutthroat as hell. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I personally, I, I, as much as I love Rocky, I'm not sure that I'd uh, care so much about a, uh, you know, Drago remake. I thought the I'm uh, good. I thought Creed Just was give great. Me more Rocky. I'll be looking forward to seeing yeah, a Creed we got three. one more movie. No, it's, they're making it. Do you think we're gonna get Clever Lang's kid this time? I don't know. We'll see. I don't want him to do that. I want him to come up with something fresh and nice. Close out the Creed trilogy on a, on a high note. I think, and I think they will. Well, thanks for joining us on this maiden voyage of the bullpen. I'm Patrick Osborne. He is Brandon Elkins, and uh, you got you're stuck with us Monday through Friday, one to two, right here on ESPN 1027. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. See ya.